and now we're live. Hello, Megan. How are you doing? Hello. Doing okay. <laughs> Suffering from computer problems, but I think I got it all resolved. We're all about having technical issues here. It's, uh, <laughs> they're not unknown to me, so absolutely no problem whatsoever. So thanks for joining, by the way. It's really awesome to have you here. Apologies for the delay, which a delay of what, about two months from when we originally uh, scheduled it, I think, from my side as we were in, they had had the whole Corona thing going on. So nice to have you here two months after I canceled the first time. Oops, and Megan's gone and I'm gonna try and bring her back. I think Megan's back again now. I lost you for a second there, Megan, you still there? Joined by a dog, I think, but I can't hear you now. Yes, your sound's all gone. Maybe it's a mute mute, it's a microphone thing. It's okay, I left Jeff alone on his own once. So I think it's only fair that someone gets their own back and leaves me all, all on my own. It's no problem whatsoever. Oh, the dog's joining. And I'm looking forward to getting the audio back as well, get the dog as well. What's the dog's name? Ah, I still can't hear anything. It's all fine. I'll just enjoy the, the, the dog and your fantastic furniture in the background there as well. Oh, you got a picture of the dog up there as well. See, I'm just kind of just going for it here and just talking about what I can here. Anyway, I'll give a bit of background. Oh, Megan's gone again. There's no problem. Basically, I was meant to meet Megan about one, two months ago, but unfortunately, I got Corona. And when I got Corona, I could not do the live chat. But I think maybe Megan doesn't want to do anymore. So she just left me on my own. I'm just going to sit here and talk to myself. So if I, actually, what, what I'll do in the meantime, I will share something from maybe Megan's blog, because what I really like about Megan's blog is that it dis discusses something about accessibility, which is something that I've never really uh, talked about on this show before this chat show. So I want to try my best to try and be really cool about it and just know what I'm doing and just keep on talking, talking to myself. Anyway, what I want to show was Megan's blog because it talks about accessibility and accessibility checklist. And I've never really discussed that before. And, and when Megan comes back and joins us, she'll give us our opinions. Or actually, before we get to that, maybe a different thing before we get to that. I wanted to, to discuss also with Megan something that someone sent me in my DMs the other day because it was asking me a question about, um, this person was saying they want to pursue a career in data analytics and visualization. They work on Python, they work on uh, SQL, and they also learn some Power BI. And they say right now they're in the process of, um, right now we're working as a data and the data science team. And he told his boss that he wants to basically focus more on data analytics on Power BI. And his boss said, why do you want to do that? You're taking a step down. So actually I find it very interesting. Um, if anyone has any opinions on that, do they consider that a step down or what they would do in that situation? I was thinking that basically in this situation, it's perfectly fine. It's not letting me back. Megan is saying she's not letting me back in the chat room, just a spinning wheel. So Megan's trying her best to get back in, which I really appreciate. And if anyone's still there listening to me, I have no idea. I appreciate you sitting there, basically watching me talk to myself while I wait for Megan to come back. Um, <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. Um, yeah, so someone who wants to kind of start looking at Power BI when they know about um, SQL, when they know Python and stuff. Yeah, so I'll go over this comment from Jeff. For the rate they're paying here for people with Power BI skills, I take the step, step up, paying the least. I mean, to be honest, if someone, hey, there's no, never anything wrong with expanding your skill set, right? 
So if you're working as a data scientist and if you have certain skills, um, but you don't know Power BI, you can't really ignore, you can't really say that Power BI isn't an important skill set to have. Um, so you might learn it, you might focus on it for whatever you want. Maybe you want to focus on it like for like a year or something. And then, you know, say, okay, do I enjoy that? Is it something that I want to keep working on? Is it something that I want to focus on? Um, and if so, if you do want to focus on it, then great. It's something that at least you enjoy. Um, it's something that you've learned. And as you say, if, you, if you're taking a step down in your, in your pay, maybe that's an issue for you. Um, but at the very least, if you're working as a data scientist and you know Python and you know SQL, and now all of a sudden you also know Power BI, it can't hurt, right? I don't think anyone's ever going to basically... Um, <laughs> Sorry, Megan's telling me she can't hear, but she's working on it. She's doing a fine job. I really appreciate it, Megan. Thank you very much. I know it's a pain with all this stuff. Oh, she can't hear me, but I'm saying thank you. Um, so there's not never anything wrong with ups, you know, learning a new skill and you add that to your CV and you, you add that to your knowledge base. I, of course, would never basically say it's, you know, you're stepping down. Um, yeah, I mean, as Daniel says, he's, he's stepped down before and he's never been happier. So it depends on what you want. Exactly, depends on what you um you you want from your career. Hey Johnny, I'm I'm pleased you um you're joining from SQL bits. It looks very cool over there. I've seen lots of photographs, lots of of, of Johnny's photographs. I saw a photograph of oh who was it? Someone getting the high score on one of these awesome kind of arcade machines that they seem to have over there at, uh, at SQL bits this year. It looks very cool. I'm very jealous that I'm not there. But I am planning on my trip already to Billund. Um, where they have Power BI and Lego, which are two of the coolest things in the world, as you know. I hope you're having fun at SQL Bits. I can see Megan. She's, 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 oops. I want to take her off the screen when she can't hear, so I apologize. I should have taken her off the screen before. I was just focusing on myself talking so much. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was the, the the message that I had, and I thought it was an interesting question to consider if, it, if, if whether you consider it stepping up, whether is it a sideways step, or you know, is it just a, a skill set that you're learning? Anyway, I'm going to go back to what I was going to talk about before with um, Megan's blog regarding accessibility, because I actually was got another DM the other week. Oh my god, um, thank you very much. The opening credits are. Um, the new opening credits are like what I like to call. I have a new. Uh, I have a new um, subscription to Canva, and I am learning how to use it. So that is the the official title of my of my new opening credits: learning to use Canva. So thank you, appreciate that. Yeah, so I got a DM a few weeks ago by someone who's saying this report that you have been. I appreciate it. It's good. I like it. However, you have these color things. I had icons, so like red, green and orange for win, lose, and draw in football, but I can't read them even at all. Uh, so I basically, <laughs> yes, <laughs> there should be two people over here. Megan is having issues uh, at the moment with her sound and her picture and her browser, which are three of the key components, I think, of, of these chat, sound, browser, and well, she, her video works, but unfortunately she can't communicate so well. She, she's really going for it there. Um, 
yeah, so I'm just going to kind of sit here and keep talking. If someone else wants to join me in the meantime, I can send someone else the link and they can also join the room. If you want to join me as well, whilst I'm kind of chatting away to myself, um, you just let me know and I'll DM you the code so you can also join me in the chat room. That would be pretty fun. Um, what's this? That's where I, f I found that my wise being able to spend time solving problems rather than watching others have all the fun. Exactly. Exactly. So basically, um, I added a bit of accessibility to uh, my report and I um, changed the colors for icons and it got me thinking about how bad I actually am at accessibility because, uh, yeah, well, I don't consider it as much as I thought I considered it, unfortunately. Um, and I changed the colors for icons and then that got me thinking and that got me to uh, Megan's blog. And I'm really delaying it as much as I can for Megan to be here so I can discuss Megan's blog with Megan because I think that the best expert of Megan's blog is Megan herself. I'm going to bring her back on the screen now because I think she's there. I don't know if she can hear anything, but I'm very excited to find out. I'll wait until she's sitting down and then I'll um, I'll give it a go. Um, there we go. Megan, how are you doing? Can you hear me? Getting no sound. You might have to like switch, like in the settings, you have to like choose your your, your microphone and stuff and you have to like choose your um, <laughs> your headset, etc. Um, so maybe that will help. That's nothing for people watching. That's just more for Megan who's kind of sitting there having terrible troubles and she's gone again. So cool. Yeah. Running out of things to say, to be quite honest, but I'll get there. So Megan's blog, let's just get to it now. I've I've done all I can, and now I'm going to share my screen, and I'm going to go to Megan's blog. This is the accessibility checklist, which I find very helpful because it's one of the many things. I mean, what about people who are like in the in the chat now? Anyone? Seven people watching me talk to myself. Wow, I feel so grateful. Um, do other people consider accessibility when they make the reports or is it like something that you forget or is it like an afterthought? Because of course, when you look at accessibility, the default should be accessibility, right? It shouldn't be like, you know, you can switch features on. For example, you can toggle things to toggle between um, bookmarks and stuff. Um, so when, you, when you're making your reports, is it something that the, one of the first things you think about is accessibility? Because I, it's just something that I'm kind of starting to bring into my report building now. And that's obviously not a good thing. It's something that I have to learn and I've learned by people, people telling me that my report was unfortunately unreadable. So this is something that I've been looking at. And um, let me one second. Have to type to Megan. All right, I'm gonna actually do that, Jeff. Um, I'm gonna bite the bullet here and I'm gonna send Jeff a link and maybe Jeff can join. And I promise when Megan comes back, I'll get her in the chat as well. I sent you a link to join the chat, Jeff. Um, maybe I could get Daniel in as well, you know what I'm saying? I could just get many people in just to, you know, Apologize for the first 15 minutes of you just been sitting there listening to me talk. Then all of a sudden we get like three people in there. That would be cool as well. Why not? Uh, <laughs> oh, very good fun. This is why I love these live chats because, well, many things go wrong and I get to see how I can fix them. You know what? Let's go for it. Let's 
get a moly chat going here. It's a special edition. Loving it. So soon I might be joined by one, maybe two people, which is, of course, very exciting. Jeff. Jeff, are you there, mate? Can you hear me? So uh, I can hear you. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for joining. You have to I've mute. You have to mute your YouTube, otherwise we're going to hear it back in. Yeah, yeah, got yeah, got all yeah. Good. I think I, I think I'm there. I, I'm on the wrong camera. It's all good, mate. It's it's absolutely <laughs> fine. Isn't um, it? Isn't it terrible to be left on your own, Ben? I, it's a, me and Megan have been working on this for months, mate. This is. I, this I know. I think I think you you you've you've organised it with, with Megan, kind of like a bit of payback, you know. Um, yeah, could yeah, you yeah. see the terror in my eyes when I was talking as to what the <laughs> hell can I talk about? One second. One second. What's going on here? Who can hear me? Who can't hear me? Daniel, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Megan, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, oh my wow. God. That means I have oh, this is amazing. So now, Megan, you're here. Jeff, you're here. Daniel, you're here. I really appreciate um, you coming to save me. Megan's here now. So, you know, I, I, I'm left in a situation I just don't want to. Should we continue as four? Should we go back to just, it's up to you and uh, um, it, it's up to let's everyone. Do you can four. Just, should we do it with four? I was, was, was going to say we should let Megan shine, but. Uh, well, whatever really y'all would like. Thank you so much for stepping in for me. It's I appreciate it. I mean, I just felt bad for anyone who was listening. And it was, it was at 1.7 people. I felt so bad for those seven people actually who listened <laughs> to me desperately like, like I was talking and I could see the terror in my own eyes on the camera of like okay what the hell can I actually say and I and even though I couldn't hear him I could hear Jeff laughing to himself in New Zealand <laughs> because the time that I left him on his own for a good a good 10 to 15 minutes just like completely talking um it, yeah it, let's, it was like I, that scene from Wayne's World where uh <laughs> Wayne quits mid mid um um stream and and Garth just like there on his own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tell us, uh, guys, tell us, I really appreciate you joining. Let, I, let's I'll, let, I'll let, let's do let's do as Daniel says and let Megan shine. And um, I really appreciate you, you stepping in. Um, you're both wonderful people. Um, yes, but thank you so much. We'll, um, we'll, I'll get back to you guys in the future for sure. No worries. We'll enjoy the show. You're all wonderful people. Or do we have to click something to leave? Um, I'll just put you out just in case you don't. Bye bye. All right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Oh, that was good fun. Yeah, you were great. Fast thinking on your feet. I saw you pull up my uh, accessibility checklist. <laughs> I, I, do you know what it is? It, it's very rare that I'm actually um, in any way prepared or organized. So it's a good <laughs> thing for this one that I was. And I do like a few minutes of, I, I like to call it friendly stalking before any, I do any of these, like, and I just go on people's websites and uh, I'll give you that really unfortunate notification that you get, you know, Ben Ferry has viewed your LinkedIn profile all this sort of thing that no one no one wants to see. Um, but I had brought, brought this up because it is, I wasn't just talking because I was desperate. It actually was something that um, uh, I know you, I've seen you post about on Twitter as well about accessibility. And I am bad at it. Not because <laughs> I'm like a terrible person. I may be a terrible person as well. Um, but it's just something that I've forgotten about for a long time. It's one of the things when I started working with Power BI, I was like, ah, oh, let's be, you know, let's focus on this. Um, anyway, let's say we do this. Let's just pretend I didn't talk like an idiot for 20 minutes on my own. And you can introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, and then we'll get back into the, into the, the, the chat sure. part. Sound good? Yes. Oh, I'm All right. My name is Megan Longoria. I'm in Denver, Colorado. I 
I'm a Microsoft Data Platform MVP. I work both in databases and data lakes as well as Power BI. And I'm a consultant with Denny Cherry and Associates Consulting. And what else? I have a dog who will probably make an appearance later. Her name I is saw him before, yeah. Yeah. What's his name, sorry? Izzy. Izzy, okay. Her name, sorry. Don't forget. There goes Jeff. Don't forget to introduce Izzy. <laughs> Already being done, mate. Already done. Looking forward to her for the, for the return of the dog. Fantastic. So you're in, in Denver, Denver, Denver yep. Colorado. Colorado. That's quite cool. Do you, is, do you work, um, is it like a remote thing or is it also? Our entire company is remote. We all work from home. Wonderful. So um, we just stay comfy at home and then we travel to see clients and speak at conferences, that type of thing. So some of my coworkers are at SQL Bits right now, having fun without me. It looks very cool. It looks like a lot of fun. I saw, I mentioned before, I saw all the, all the arcades being played before. And um, that's just a great way to spend some time, go to a conference, play some games. And yeah. Um, so what's, what's your primary focus? I mean, are you, do you have like several different elements that you look at? Or do you have one thing that you're more passionate about or several things that you're more passionate about? Or? So I'm one of those weird people that really likes data visualization, but also really likes data integration, ETL stuff. All oh, right. Those are the two things that I go pretty deep in. Usually people like one or the other, mm. <laughs> but yeah, okay. I've shaped my career to try to keep both. Um, one, because I like them and two, it makes me more marketable, I think. <laughs> it's, it's a very good point. It's true. You're very, you're multifaceted. <laughs> so the, I mean, when I think of, of the, the ETL part, I mean, I enjoy that, but <clears throat> I only really think of it within inside um, Power BI in a way. So basically when I think of my ETL, I think about, you know, the Power Query or getting data from any API and then building that, and then that goes into a data warehouse. You're more into, uh, into proper ETL, <laughs> shall we say? Well, I mean, I've been doing business intelligence for 15 years. So when I started, there was no Power Query. There was, okay. you know, I built data warehouses because that's what we did. That's cool. There wasn't really a data lake that, Everything nice. went to a data warehouse, whether you liked it or not, that was mm. how you got your data. So I started out doing SQL server stuff because that's what we had. Mm. And then uh, I was already in consulting when Power Query and Power Pivot came along. Mm, so okay. I just kind of adapted with it. And now I would say at least maybe half my time is spent in Power BI. Okay. But if you know Roche's maximum, you, you want to transform all your data kind of at the earliest place possible. So being able to do the data warehouses, data lakes, whatever, gives me the chance to improve performance a lot of times and make my stuff a little more reusable for, you know, organizations that don't just do Power BI, that, that mm -hmm. have a lot of people, you know, writing their own code, using other tools, that type mm -hmm. of thing. And it's nice that you can be a bit more end to end, perhaps. Yeah, it, the process. it gets harder every year because more and more technologies come out. Mm. Synapse introduces, you know, three different things. Um, I do a lot of data factory and they reduce, they produce uh, new updates every mm. month or so. So it's a lot, but uh, I would say Power BI is probably my favorite thing right now. Okay. Maybe you can clarify something for me because I've been seeing a word kicked about that I've never see, really seen before. Maybe it's new or maybe I've never noticed it. Lake house. So, oh no, it's happened again. Oh, one second, one second. One second, I'll bring her back. This is so exciting. This is my favorite one ever. It's so, I, just, I don't know what's gonna happen next. It's, it's fantastic. I don't know. My connection is fine. I'm hardwired in. It just, I can still hear you. Maybe doesn't like me. Yeah. Never mind. But, but, but you still have sound. You just disappear sometimes and it just really makes my heart skip a beat. So it's exciting. 
Um, <laughs> maybe it's because I said lake house and didn't want to answer the question, or maybe you just thought that's such a stupid question. I'm going to go. Um, data lake, data warehouse, lake house. What's that all about? Just, is that like a new thing or is it something that's existed for ages? I've just never seen the word. I mean, it's several years old now, but I think okay. the technology hasn't been there to make it accessible for most organizations. Hmm. And I have a lot of, especially if you have an organization that has a bunch of developers who are used to kind of flexible schemas, um, they like the lake house concept, but maybe some of the people that came from that like data warehouse background are not as comfortable with it. It hmm. feels like you can't control things as well, but I think that's not true. And I think you'll see, um, you know, Databricks, Delta Lakes, and um, I have one client using Dremio, and then they can put Power BI on top of that for their visualization. Hmm. So it's, I think it's just now kind of coming into its own where it's actually something people should pay attention to. Okay, interesting, nice. So because you are as, multifaceted as you are and have all this this knowledge maybe you can i'm not sure if you heard of what i was talking about before when i was desperately thinking of topics and i went to this question that is in my dms um it was basically from someone who is working in a data science team and this person has skill sets uh, they've worked on python sql and they've learned power bi now and they say they're working in a data science team and mainly related to the etl process of data and he told this person told the manager that they want to move to a data analyst and visualization team. And he basically said, okay, well, why do you want to take a step down in your career? And he doesn't really know what to do. Do you have thoughts on this? Do you have opinions or? I do. I think there's a couple things going on in the industry that make it a little backwards. Okay. Um, we think of analysts as lower because we think of it as a less technical position, mm. but what you'll see is people like me, yes, I do, I help people use data to make good decisions, but I'm not in the business. A lot of times analysts get to be way more applied where they're actually using the data more than just visualizing it. And that's yeah. not always true, but um, there's some good opportunities there to really know how the business works and apply your insights more than even your average consultant can do in the short time that they may be, you know, working with an organization. So people think, oh, data science, um, it, you know, that that's gonna pay more. It's gonna be way more technical. I'm gonna do all this machine learning. And a lot of organizations, unless they're like super tech savvy, still don't have a lot of good cases and don't give their data scientists a lot of room to experiment. Mm. Um, they wait until they've got something that they want to do. And otherwise the data scientists end up doing, I mean, it's already kind of 50% data cleansing, but you know, they get kind of stuck doing not a lot of data scientists, maybe some basic statistics. So I could see why maybe someone wants to be more, let's call it more applied. Mm. I think the tech industry tends to go, well, more technical equals better. Yeah. But yeah. what they define as technical is kind of short-sighted. Like people don't think of data visualization skills as technical, hmm. but uh, I'm here to tell you it's very technical. Hmm. Uh, some of it has to do with social science, but some of it has to do with the way our eyes interpret um, yeah. visual input. Hmm. And so, yeah, it's a bar chart, but there were 65 design decisions that went hmm. into that bar chart. 
But right now we don't value that. And so most business analysts, most regular data analysts aren't incentivized to get really good at data visualization. So they can make the ugly bar chart or the mm. horrible pie chart instead, just because of where the, the industry is at. Yeah. I don't know that that's necessarily true. That's why people don't care about accessibility because no one asks them to care until there's a person standing in front of them, um, you know, saying I need this accommodation or I quit or I'm going to sue or, you know, some, there's some consequence for not being accessible, for not mm. having good data viz. Mm. You don't care because we're all busy and, you know, there's too much in front of us. So it may be a step quote, down to go from data scientist to data analyst, but it can mm. also open up tons of new opportunities yeah. because a whole lot of people tend to be not technical and then solely focused on technical things. And I've spent my entire career combining those two mm. things. And there's a lot of opportunity to be in that space and do both of those things instead of being mm. solely a product or tech stack person. Mm. So maybe in that company, it's a step down, but it's kind of, to me, a lateral move that takes you in an entirely different and fun direction and maybe even helps you understand how to scale things better than your average data scientist who does their yeah. experiment kind of locally and thinks about how they do it now yeah. and maybe exposes you more to how do I roll this out to a whole business? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's certainly not going to make you a worse data scientist, right? It, it can only right. it, it can only make you the same or as you say probably at least a little bit better because you you know more about what's coming more at, at the end or what people need or whatever if you're if you're adding a skill unless somehow it makes you forget a key skill that you had before which can happen if you don't practice but that's unlikely that you're going to completely forget something of vital importance not that you can't you know either google or, or relearn uh, once you look at your, your, your old work or whatever so yeah i agree it is a it is a shame when people consider it a step down i do understand why it's just this there's a it's very easy to look at it as data with pretty pictures on top um and i think when you first let's get started with visualization it's certainly true that you just put on visuals you just click on them and say, oh, cool, it's a pie chart. Oh, cool, it's a bar chart. I can do that. That's a really cool thing that you can do in Power BI. But once you kind of really, if you're going to, if certainly with this person, when they're talking about you as a career, um, if you want to learn it, you are going to start to understand that the complexities of it. And, um, and certainly now there are so many much more visual options within a Power BI rather than just clicking on that and changing some colors that you're going to, yeah, certainly gonna learn quite a lot cool that was a very thorough answer i appreciate it um i'm gonna bring up a, a large question from jeff if that's okay well it's a large sense to pretty straightforward question i think so someone said on twitter that they're going to be planning a work in the power bi space called missing gaps for pro bi users which is fantastic i agree that is fantastic what gaps should they plug from your perspective if that's okay to ask that question. Yeah. So this is going to be a little cliche for me, but you should expect it. They should make it easier for pro users to make good data viz because most of what we consider to be pro users are people who don't actually care about data viz. They're interested in data modeling or power query. And they can make amazing models and then render most of that useless by their visualizations and how they create their user interface. So they did a little bit of that starting out. Um, they have a button now in Power BI Desktop that you can set tab order with one click. 
where it sorts uh, all your visuals on the page by Y and then X position so that it's just like the reading order we have in Western cultures. More nice. things like that, um, updating color palettes because the ones that are out there are kind of iffy, that type of thing. Um, giving us better data visualization options. I mean, yes, we've got Deneb, which is awesome. We've got yeah. Charticulator. I actually still find Charticulator a little difficult to get what I want sometimes. So I want, you know, I want to make all that, plug those gaps to make it easier. Mm. But then there's also stuff like um, things that we have no UI for in Power BI Desktop. It's really nice that we have Tabular Editor. It is a great tool. Mm -hmm. um, some of my clients are not going to do third-party stuff. Yeah. So if it's a thing that you should do in Power BI, there should be a user interface for it. That's very reasonable, I think. That makes sense. Um, the, the thing that you mentioned regarding the, the sorting the the visuals or the sorting the order, I think you said. I think this is also mm -hmm. what I was one of the things I was looking for looking at in your blog as well, by the way. Am I am I correct or did I misread that? Nope, that's it. Tab order. Tab order is one of the best things you can do to increase the accessibility. And now for the most part, in like 70% of situations, you can do it with one click per page. So I wish everybody would just go do it. <laughs> That's actually really, I actually didn't know about that until I read your blog, by the way. I was looking at it. I was like, what is this? And I was like, that is quite interesting. Um, you know what? I, I shared it before. I'm just, just going to share it again. Share my screen. It should be all ready. Hopefully, I'm going to share the correct screen. I've got nothing <laughs> I've got nothing incriminating on my screens anyway, to be honest. Um, this is it. Is it correct? Yeah, that's it. Fantastic. So this is basically these new buttons under tab order in Power BI. And this is basically where you're saying with one click, you're sorting this. Yep. So uh -huh. um, if you scroll down just a little bit, it's yes. kind of the right button that gets highlighted. There we go. Here we go. Hover over that, that right button in the selection pane on the tab order. It'll mm -hmm. say like automatically set the tab order. And so you can go from, I have those, <laughs> pretend the boxes are lovely visuals, <laughs> something like that, where when someone has a keyboard, let's say you use a keyboard instead of a mouse and mm. you want to go interact with these visuals. I don't know if everybody knows, but every single visual in Power BI is keyboard interactive. There are keyboard shortcuts where I can select a single dot in a line chart or mm. select multiple bars in a bar chart to cross filter other things. But if you don't know what tab order is set for this, you just have to keep hitting tab and watch the outlines jump around um, <sighs> until you find the visual you actually want to interact with. And that's mm. really annoying. So if you set tab order, most of the time going from top to bottom, left to right, would mm. get it in the right order. And that's what the new magic button does. I've been requesting that for years and it's finally in there. Very so, cool. Anybody who is a screen reader user, anybody mm. who cannot use a mouse, anybody who just prefers to use keyboard shortcuts could benefit mm. if you would just set your tab order. And it's so easy. So I feel like this is kind of the biggest bang for your buck accessibility enhancement to your report. Just go to the page and set your tab order. Nice. Very cool. Like it a lot. I'm going to be read more of your blog, especially when it comes to accessibility, because as I say, I am quite poor at it. Um, one of the things I'd struggle with, I, cause I mean, when I was back at school a long time ago, someone told me I wasn't, the optician told me I wasn't allowed to be, uh, an electrician or a 
flight uh, air controller, tra- what they call again, something? Air traffic, air traffic controller. Air traffic yeah. controller. Because I'm slightly colorblind, red and green. Nothing that really affects me with Power BI, to be honest. Um, though I do like sometimes struggle if you've got like lots of like reds and greens like together, it's like confusing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but someone contacted me and said, you've changed a part of your report. And I, what it was is like a, on a football or soccer. I used to have a, a W, a D, and an L. So win, draw, and lose. And I was like, don't be really cool just to change that to like a traffic-like system. So like a red, green, and, and a yellow with circles. And I was like, that'd be really cool. And I changed it, and it was cool until someone contacted me and said, I have no idea what those colors are. It just looks like all the same thing for me. So I then changed that to, we, it was really cool, actually. We threw DMs and screenshots. I was like, how about we try this? We change this and we add a shape and make that a triangle and make that like a square and stuff. And it worked really well. So there was actually that, that got me rethinking about the, uh, about the subject, because I think he also said, you know, how about you just make it as it is now and you click a button and the button changes it to colorblind mode. And I was thinking that kind of sucks because by default, it should just be colorblind mode, right? It shouldn't have to like click to make it accessible perhaps, or I'm not sure. Um, So I think like the most advanced version of accessibility is giving people options. Mm -hmm. And that's what they were asking for. And I think that's actually a good thing. And and DataViz is probably behind a little bit compared Mm -hmm. to normal like web user experience design, especially on the low code side, because it's harder for us to change all the things since we're not like writing our own, you know, JavaScript and doing all Mm -hmm. that. We can do it. We can set DAX, you know, as our variables and and Mm -hmm. plug it in, but until Power BI has every single formatting thing, you know, via expressions, it's still a bit hard. So ideally, everything can be customizable because you cannot make something that is universally accessible to every single person on Earth. Fair enough. Um, that's a lot of work. So what most of the time we do is try to make something that we know is kind of, I'm going to call it baseline accessible, where we've covered a lot of the common cases. So colorblindness, I would say, is a common case. And there's a bunch of different types of colorblindness. Um, you can't, even then, you can't just say, well, it works for this one colorblind person, so uh, everybody should be good. You mm. kind of have to to pick, like, the worst cases and use colorblindness simulators, or Adobe has a tool that will tell you if your colors are different enough to be distinguishable. Cool. The general accessibility rule for stuff like that is to not use color as the only way you're communicating information. So when when you did have the win-loss draw, Mm. um, you had text to tell people. You Mm. took it away and then you just used colors. So what we like is double encoding. Mm. So yeah, still use color. I'm never gonna tell you not to use color. Try to make your colors a little colorblind friendly if you can, but even better is just put something else on the page like your icons that also conveys that information. So now you fixed it because you're not using color as the only way to communicate that. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. I, I, this and that is... works for more than just colorblindness too. Um, mm. People who have low vision also have trouble sometimes distinguishing colors. Mm. They just can't see very well in general. Things are a little blurry. So if you have to have you know, very subtle distinctions in colors. Sometimes it's just not worth the effort to like stare at it for a long time and mm. and do that. So when you do the icons of different shapes or text, something like that, you've fixed it for more than just colorblind people. For screen reader people, they'll get to read that icon. 
yeah. the screen reader would read it out loud. And so you fixed it for them too. True. Actually, I was surprised that if, in general, I think it just looked e easier because I mean, if you're looking for like, I was for each shape indicates uh, like a win, a lose or a draw. So actually by looking at it, it was just much easier in general to see what was going on because the shape was easier for your eye to pick out faster than, than just the color. So it was, I was quite mm -hmm. pleasantly su surprised that it, it was just a general update. It's always nice to have an update. Um, yeah, so it's it's a, it's, a, it's an inter interesting thing, but I say one thing I should maybe look at a bit more often than I actually usually do. And with Jeff's got this really long comment, what it is disable accessibility for something, right? I often pop yeah, up so, slice at the harvest yeah. click. If, if you it, have a visual on your yeah. page that you don't want people to tab to, like it's mm. decorative or um, understand you know, it's not a usable thing, but it needs to be on your page, mm. then you need to hide it from tab order. You actually have to go to the number and click it and it'll show a hide icon and then it'll go away. But that means that the person can't interact with it at all via keyboard. So like if you have images because you're kind of uh, making it more visually interesting, you mm. hide those from tab order. If you okay. have like, a slicer with a button on top, which is kind of where Jeff was going, and you need them to be able to interact with both, mm. that's a little harder. Yeah. Um, so, so for example, sometimes I, if I have a slicer that is designed to only affect one visualization, so what I'll do is I'll perhaps bring those two elements together, the slicer and the visual, I bring them together with like a shape, for example, the shape becomes the background for those two. So you have to hide therefore that shape from your tab order. Otherwise it gets confusing. Yeah. It gets announced by a screen reader. It'll right. say like shape rectangle or something like that. And if that's not useful because the grouping, although it's kind of important, like you don't feel like it's beneficial for the screen reader to read that, hmm. then you've hide it. Yeah. Okay. People put logos and I often hide. I mean, yes, it's, if it's your internal report in your organization and you're required to have your you know, company logo on there, I hide those in tab order because they're not useful to land on. Yeah. Um, if they're two external things, like if I built a report from my company to my clients, knowing the logo might be useful. So there's a lot of kind of judgment calls in That's there. I but should just use a screen reader. You just don't want to overwhelm people, right? Like, yeah, exactly. why give them all these extra things to tab through that are not useful to them? Yeah. I, on the, on the, the subject of putting company logos on, on reports, I find that I, it's something that I that I used to do, like, especially when I started my, my current company, because we didn't have my previous company where I had this, like, background and it was all designed and had the company logo. And I said, like, okay, let's, you know, they want me to set up some standards. So, so I'll, I'll do that here as well. Um, but after like a year, I removed it. I was thinking, it's not like we're going to forget which company we work for. And it's just <laughs> taken up space. It seems like so uh, self-indulgent, you know, it's like, who cares? It's, it's... And if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's a, an internal report, you know? Like, right. Who do I work for again? All right, it's, it's on the report. <laughs> now, now, now I remember. So everything you put on a report page increases cognitive load for every person, whether they have a disability or not. The more stuff you put on there, just like it actually increases the page load in Power BI when it's rendering, it's increasing your cognitive load as you are processing the report. Yeah. Eventually, we kind of, if we go to a report a lot, we get used to stuff and we kind of stop looking at it. So eventually you kind of stop noticing the logo. 
But then you had all that extra screen real estate that you could have used um, to either increase focus on what's important or just make extra space, add another visual to provide, add text to provide context, mm. which a lot of people fail to do. So it's just a, I just think of it as, you know, it does, is the reward effort ratio uh, worth it for my user? Is it worth it for them to have to skip over that logo every time? Yeah. And we tend to put logos in the top left corner, which is actually the highest value spot in our report in Western cultures, because we read in a Z pattern. And so we start in the top left and you're pretty much guaranteed that when someone even skims your report, they're going to look towards the top left, at least, you know, in the US, Europe. So I wouldn't waste that space on it. If you have to put a logo, maybe, you know, bottom right or top right, even if you don't have a lot going on over there. Yeah. Right in the middle, maybe just right <laughs> in the middle of the screen. Yeah. I've seen people do watermarks with their company logos. Oh, really? That's brutal. That's yeah. really upsetting to hear. <laughs> It's a color contrast issue then. Anytime you do backgrounds, like I, yeah. <laughs> I, there's a lot of things you can do in Power BI that you definitely mm. should not do. Yes. And putting a super colorful background in yeah. your report, uh, especially one that's not like a single color that has a lot of changes to the color is probably not a good idea. Like the, the maybe best, ever. Sorry, the, the best one I ever saw was actually, I, I think it was a, a report that was posted on LinkedIn or something. Uh, it was an animated GIF background, a moving moving background. And I was like, kind of like that. that's wonderful. Uh, it's so distracting. It's like maybe the sort of thing, if you look at it for like five seconds, you'd be like, okay, that's cool. That, that As you said, that you can do that. And then, of course, if anything, should you do that? And then when you look at a report for more than 10 seconds, it's like, oh, I have a headache. You definitely should not do that. It's um, yeah, yeah, so that actually breaks an accessibility rule. Um, mm. You don't want any kind of motion or movement that the user cannot start and stop themselves. Yeah. So your point. animated GIF, if it played once, and then it stopped and the user could choose whether to play it again or not, mm. um, that might be okay. Mm. The play axis, everyone loves the play axis because you can make it cycle through things. I've made those reports. I mean, yeah. but if you're gonna, I'm not saying don't ever have movement, but if you're gonna do it, make your play axis visible and make it really obvious that people can push pot, like maybe don't have it auto start, but show them how they can start it. And then it's kind of okay. Yeah. The animated GIF breaks a lot of rules and the I don't know how I'd ever build a report with the changing color contrast because it has to the your charts on top of that have to stand out. Yeah. Yeah. So the motion yeah. thing plus the color contrast thing would make that really hard for me to ever find a use case that didn't seem horribly inaccessible. But maybe someone will prove me wrong. One day maybe. Not for a while. I, it makes me think I I produced a, a a joke report a few weeks ago, I was playing with Denep and just playing with stupid data. I took the lyrics, do you remember this like, I'm not sure, this song about 10, 15 years ago, it was called Friday oh, by Rebecca Black. Report. You see that? Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> one thing that I had that I took out, cause it was, it was, even for that report, it was too horribly stupid and annoying. Originally what I had was in the top left, I had the play axes going over and over, just playing the lyrics to the song, just going through, through, through. And I had it and I was working, I was like, you know what, I, I can't do that. It's, it's too much, even for this ridiculous Rebecca Black Flat Friday report, I, I couldn't bring myself to do it, I, I switched it off. 
Um, yeah, actually, this is a good point just brought up by Daniel, by the way. Deneb accessibility tip, add description properties to the marks to provide a better screen reader report. That's a really cool tip. Uh, as a person who used Deneb a lot, I have to say I have not yet done that. Um, and I wasn't entirely sure what they were for. So <laughs> now, I, uh, now I know. So that's actually quite a cool tip. If you add description properties to the marks. I shall do that, Daniel. I promise. Thank you very much for the information. <laughs> Um, yeah, so when a lot of people run their Power BI reports through accessibility checkers, they'll get a lot of stuff coming back that says, like, you need to fix your ARIA roles. And you can't change descriptions and ARIA roles and all that because Power BI handles that behind the scenes. Hmm. Um, that's the one thing, like, that's the difference between kind of coding it yourself versus doing the low code drag and drop options is you have less um, control over what the code behind all that looks like. Mm. And so I've had a few people contact me like through my blog and just say, hey, do you, how do I, what do I do? And well, you don't control this. Um, if the ARIA roles are incorrect or missing or something, then you need to provide that feedback to the Power BI team because they should fix it. And they've been really good. At one point, I don't know if the rule still stands, but at one point they had a rule that if somebody logged an accessibility bug, they wanted to get it fixed in like 60 days or less. And they really, if there's been a bug, they've been largely really responsive. Even if they don't get it fixed immediately, they you know acknowledge it, it goes in backlog immediately and they've, they've prioritized it. Okay, that's quite cool. Would you therefore, um, when you're looking at the accessibility and look, look at reports and stuff, would you always do that as a step with the reports? Do you like have an accessibility check before you roll out any report? I do. Yeah, that's quite cool. Um, the easiest way to do that, and then there's kind of, you have to take it with a grain of salt because it's an automated accessibility checker, but Microsoft has accessibility insights. Okay. And it's a browser add-in. And so you can go and, and have it run through your Power BI report and it can point out like color contrast issues or tab order issues, things like that. So it's kind of helpful to do that. But honestly, I use my own checklist. <laughs> okay, I go enough. to my, my blog post, I open it up and I run through all those to make sure I don't see any glaring issues. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, maybe it's something I'll consider doing. Um, I'm just posting your blog here in the chat. Um, really amusingly, I tried to do that before and it literally logged me out of the chat as I was typing it. And I was listening to what you were saying, but as you were, t as you were saying it, I was also doing an, a capture thing. And then it kept asking me to choose all the squares where there are chimneys. And I had to like go through this to log back into the chat in this, my own chat room. Um, so we're having issues today. This is just <laughs> such, it's a, a different sort of accessibility in the fact that we can't access a chat room or we can't access the, um, Oh my God, good fun. But anyway, I've posted your um, blog regarding accessibility in the chat so people can look at that hopefully if they um, if it's posted there correctly or unless the chat's exploded or whatever. Um, I would not be surprised today. Um, your dog didn't come back, by the way, I've noticed. No, she went to take a nap. She's a bulldog, so she's pretty lazy. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm jealous of that. I've got a, a, a dach dachshund. Dach what do you call mm -hmm. it? Tackle, Dachshund, yeah. Dachshund, yeah. And um, it is not lazy at all. It is mad, like truly mad. <laughs> um, 
yeah, less at the moment because it just had an important operation, shall we say, um, but still quite a crazy dog. So to have a dog that's lazy and doesn't bother during important situations or bark when the doorbell goes off or that kind of thing, it sounds like quite a wonderful thing. Do you know what I installed a, a Google doorbell about a year ago, this like Google Nest doorbell thing, because mm-hmm. I was sick of, the, one of the reasons I was sick of having to go from the third floor down to the first floor, turn the doorbell around, also because I was sick of the dog barking at the doorbell. I was like, great, there'll be no doorbell anymore, but get a notification on my phone. Dog won't bark anymore. The dog started barking at the notification on my wife's phone. I don't, <laughs> none other than just that notification. Mine is fine, but that one he hated for some reason. So I, I completely failed there as well, to be honest. There you go. Yeah, I'm in the same situation. This is a townhome and this is the third floor. So anytime anyone rings the doorbell, you run down two flights of stairs. <laughs> so unreal. Especially when we live on the street and all my, um, one second, just bring this up. You don't know how to pronounce my dog's own breed, Ben. I do, however, I say Dackel because in German it's a Dackel, but in English you call it a Dachshund, even though that's like not an English word. And then also, I think in America, I've seen they call it a Teckel or something. I've... I don't know that one. No? Okay. So, um, yeah, I call it, if I said a Dackel, I think no one would know what I'm talking about. And I, I find, I find Dax. Dachshund, really difficult to pronounce, even though it's a German word. So yes, that did sound a bit crazy when I didn't know my, the, the breed of my own dog, but that is my long-winded explanation for it. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe next time I'll just get a dog that's easy to pronounce. Golden Retriever <laughs> or, or something. Anyway, uh, yeah, so basically on the last street, the doorbell's gone all the time. Doorbell's gone all the time because the kids are running. Can, can your daughter come out and play? It's like, no, she can't because um, she's not here. She's at school. Anyway, I'm rambling again <laughs> at the moment. Um... I'm sorry there's not more time. I have to go now. This is not only the time where I have to leave to help my wife um, do ironing, all that kind of stuff. And she's very nice to let me have this 45 minutes when she's putting the kids to bed. Usually it lasts for longer, but unfortunately because of our technical situations, you had less time to talk. I uh, I do apologize for that. Um, no, thanks for having me and thanks for your patience while we figured all this out. Absolute pleasure. It was wonderful. I really enjoyed the, 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 the topics that we discussed today because it's something we haven't really looked at before. And I will continue to learn from your blog and I will start to use a screen reader myself so I can understand the issues that we've been discussing more today. I think that's probably um, a helpful thing. Can we have Megan back? Of course we can have Megan back. Definitely. <laughs> if she agrees to come back, of course, you know? I would love to. Fantastic. Then the answer is yes, we will have Megan back and we'll try to do a full 45 minutes this time. And there'll be no 15 minutes of me talking to myself like a strange person. No one needs that in their life. <laughs> um thank you very much everyone for the questions and the joining in the chat thank you for jeff and for daniel for those two minutes where you enjoyed me that was um amusing um of course thank you very much megan for joining and discussing all these wonderful things and teaching me all these things that we've been talking about today it's been an absolute pleasure um I'll be back next Thursday. I can't remember with whom because I have a terrible memory, but I'll be back next Thursday nonetheless. And I hope people can join me then as well. It would be wonderful if you could. So thank you very much, everyone. And goodbye. Bye.